Football Radio. I'm your host, Matt McGrath, alongside Luigi Capola and Zach Schmola. This is the 22nd episode of the Fire Football Radio Show as we have now completed three rounds of the NFL playoffs, the wild card, the divisional, and the championship weekends. We are now four days out from Super Bowl 56. As a reminder, we will be live from the store studio every Wednesday night on WHUS Stores 91.7 from 6 to 7. We bring you latest news, rumors, and more about America's game in the league we all know and love. The NFL road, the roads of Super Bowl 56 is reaching its end. The Cincinnati Bengals coming from Ohio. The Los Angeles Rams coming from California. Should be an exciting one. We're ready to get talking football. Zach and Luigi, what's going on, baby? Doing great today, Matthew. There's only two good things that have ever come out of Ohio, and they are Joe Burrow and LeBron James. Fair. You know what? I like the way. To, yeah, let's start the show that way. Joe All Burrow right. and LeBron James. All right, we do have a packed house. Eric in the back over here. How are you, Eric? Uh, doing well. Coming off a win last night at a Yes! 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 <laughs> Great win. Great, Great win. win. Hellacious win. Hellacious win. Fantastic stuff. And we do have a special guest in the opposite corner, Mr. Enrique Antello, back, I think, for the third time. Second second time on the mic? And you second were here time one, on the mic. Second time on the mic. How are we, Enrique? Doing well. I have to counter Luigi's statement, though. Skyline Chili is phenomenal. Skyline Chili. Is that a meal? Yeah, I've had it once. It is a meal. You get some Skyline Chili, and you'll be feeling it. Okay. There's also the Football Hall of Fame in Canton, but... That is true. We are picking straws. <laughs> we are picking little blades Ohio of grass. Too much. No, you cannot. Uh, and just to go back to the game last night, we played Marquette at 6.30 at the XL Center. A beautiful win. Scored 46 points in the first half. Ended up beating them 80-72, to I believe. And, Eric, any, any preliminary thoughts on that game following? Uh, I mean, just something kind of, at least Tyrese talked about it after the game, is like, Last night we had a game like where they all played with like toughness and swagger, and they they played like the team they want to be basically. Mm-hmm. And he was like, "If we keep this up, nobody's beating us." Absolutely like, not. They looked amazing, especially in that first half last yeah. night. They looked unstoppable. Yeah, yeah, especially when they get out on, on transition. Me and Matt were talking about it when they get out on transition after those blocks, and it's either they can go straight to the rim or a trailing three yeah, pointer. Yeah, got guys that can fly and shoot. Yeah. Like, what are you going to do about it? Yeah, once you saw that first Tyler Polly three yes. go in, you were like, oh, we're feeling ourselves yeah. today. And, and it's, it's all ourselves. about our first shot with yeah. this team, man. It's just like, if the first one goes in, we're good to go. Yeah, and Tyrese talked about how he went from, he didn't wear sleeves yesterday, and he had been wearing sleeves, maybe a little mentally screwed up because of no the whole sleeves. wrist injury. And he took off the sleeves, and he said, if I, you know, if I feel good and I look good, then I'm definitely going to play good. And he did exactly that. He had 18 points and 15 rebounds. Adama Sinogo, looking like possibly the biggest player of the year, had 24 points and eight, or 15 rebounds as well. The hook shot was back. It was back. It was back, <laughs> baby. It wasn't as ugly. And effective. And it he made a lefty one. Mm-hmm. Yes, he, he did. Oh, and he oh baby. Dangerous. Finally. And he was getting those nice, nice... Offensive rebounds that we love so much. Yes. Getting and a second I, I love chance. Sunogo, and I love when he drops 25-plus points, but at the same time, 
He only does that against much weaker opponents. So things still need to change. We need a lot of improvement still with this team. Yes, and especially with him too. But him and Martin both out rebounded the entire Marquette oh, yeah. team, thirty to twenty-seven. <laughs> oh yeah, woohoo! So, and we ended we'll up having we'll four, having forty-six rebounds altogether. So yeah, we'll take it on the glass. And that was one of the main points in the Creighton game is that rebounding we didn't edge them in any any sort of way. No, no, and it should have been a team we definitely should have out physicaled. And last night was a team with Marquette. Like they're a big team. Like saw Justin Lewis in person. They're, they're a good team. So. They a big were boy. big boys. They're all like six five to six ten. Like, yeah, just all in that range. All of them. So it was like last night should have should not have been a game. We definitely won on physicality. Creighton should have been a game we won on physicality. Yeah. And it was weird. It was weird to see that them get that back. And it, I'm happy to see them get that back. That's how they need to play. Yeah. Tyrese is absolutely right. They play like that, they're going to win a bunch of games. Yeah. And he also mentioned the energy within the XL Center really helped just because of the amount of fans that were there. And also, Hurley advised them that when they do make a big play on a run and you know they get a block or a steal on one end and then they come down the other end, bang a three, or get a nice a dunk or a lay-in, celebrate it. Like, yeah. come back, like flex out, and get the crowd going because that's what keeps the momentum with the crowd, at least staying up. The difference in a week ago, as of yesterday, to Creighton was the every time the crowd wanted to get somewhere, either Creighton would hit a lucky three or we would just miss a shot. Yeah, yeah, we couldn't get that couldn't run get going. It going. Whereas last night, like that RJ three into the UConn chan at the under four timeout was, that was insane. That, it was, was, that insane. was sick. That was a little electric. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we needed that. Yeah, we needed that. So we got Xavier on the road. They're 25th in the country, I believe. Yes. Yeah, 25th. 25th uh, <clears throat> on the road on Friday night. And then we travel to Madison Square Garden to play the Johnnies on Sunday. Yes. Uh, on Super Bowl Sunday at 12 p.m. That'll be interesting to see with Dan Hurley how he coaches because his Bengals are playing that afternoon yeah. in the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, someone did the math on Twitter today that by the time he would get out of the game, if he wanted to make it... Back up to stores, and then wherever he lives around here, the bus would have to be doing about 150. <laughs> so, I, think, I think if he's sitting shotgun, he'll make sure it yeah, goes that fast. Yeah. He may be driving the he bus. May be driving. <laughs> he may be driving. It's possible he's driving. Let me drive the boat. Yeah, so we have the Johnnies on Sunday. Then the following Wednesday, we or week from today, we have Seton Hall at Gamble at 830. That should be a great one. Then the following Saturday, we have Xavier at 12 p.m. on Fox at Gamble as well. I really hope that Gus Johnson is here because oh. I will hunt him down for a picture. Oh, definitely. <laughs> I will definitely. find him and I will get a picture with Gus Johnson. And then the following Tuesday, the game we've all been waiting for is Villanova at 8 p.m. at the XL Center. Yes. Can't wait. Very excited. Can't wait. Very excited. So UConn basketball back to their old self as of last night, being really energized, playing really well, had a good win over the number 18 ranked in the country, Marquette. Uh, and let's see, let's roll it from here. But let's talk some football. And as a reminder, as always, the call-in number, if you're interested in talking with us, is 860-486-9487. That's 860-486-9487. So if you have an interest in calling in, please do. And we do have a Twitter and an Instagram. They're both at Fire Radio. That's P-H-I-R-E Radio. So please do give us a follow, a like, and a retweet on the social media waves. Now, any preference on what topics we start with? Well, man, oh man, 
We wrote a lot today. <laughs> there's, there's a lot. Quite a there's bit. quite a bit. There's a quite a bit going on. I would be okay starting right where we I are. I think we need the last half hour to go over the Super Bowl. Yeah, no, I don't want to do the Super Bowl right away. So I think we should wait. But you think we should start with what is presented at the top? I mean, I mean there's a lot to talk. About there's a lot to talk about. So lot, we can just keep. Happened. We can just start. I mean, and we'll there, see what happens. There's no coaching vacancies left. Probably right. Start with that. Right. So all coaching vacancies have been filled. We'll run through them. The Saints hired Dennis Allen, who was their defense. Defensive coordinator in New Orleans. That was semi expected. They had Brian Flores' name also popping up. Yeah. Uh, I think it's fine. I Allen think... took over when Sean Payton had COVID for right. two weeks as well, and I believe they won both games. Mm-hmm. Yes. And he's also had a defensive unit that's been very impressive, top of the league the past few years. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't blame him for stay- keeping it in house here. Obviously, he's got a big job to fill, being that Sean Payton, one of the greater coaches the league has seen, but even more so. In terms of fielding a team, he's got very big cap issues that his team's going to need to deal with. Mm-hmm. I know as a head coach, that's not your number one concern, but obviously something in the back of your mind that you need to go forward with in this offseason. Two stars worth mentioning. Um, their left tackle, Teron Armstead, and their free safety, Marcus Williams, are going to be up on the block. In an ideal world, they get both of them, but their money situation is going to say otherwise. Yeah, well, in an ideal world, they're not $74 million on, <laughs> over the cap. Yeah. So. They'll figure out how to restructure it like they have done. Like well, the they, yeah, they've done it like the last three years, like, yeah. and it all stems from Drew Brees' contract, which yeah. really, really put them into a bad position money-wise. And we're going to see how they, you know, how they fight out of it. But just in terms of the head coaching spot, I like Dennis Allen. I think an inside hire was fine for them, especially probably not expecting Sean Payton to leave at yeah. the time that he did. So I'm cool with it. I think a lot of Saints fans are probably cool with it as well. Texans, Lovey Smith, 63 years old, was the head coach of the Bears from 2004 to 2012. It was in Tampa as the head coach from 2014 to 2015 and was, as previously, the Houston's defensive coordinator in 2021. Another inside hire as an 89 and 87 overall record as a head coach. He disappeared into the college football realm for the yep. past. He was at Illinois, correct? Ta- yeah, yeah, he was just so. at Illinois and previously had been at Texas as well, right? Mm-hmm. Texas? Well, um, I'm not sure if he was at Texas. Sure I know that he was at – Eric can check on Definitely that. Definitely at Illinois, but yeah. Lovie Smith's been a great uh, defensive-minded coach for a really long time. We saw him at the Ren at Illinois. We did. Yeah. Got smoked yeah. on like yeah. normal. Yeah, he was down pretty bad. <laughs> you could see his his, uh, his Santa beard from the uh, from the press box. Yeah. Fantastic beard. Oh, he's got Fantastic. he's he's got one of the greatest one beards. Of the best in the game. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. yeah, no, I I don't mind this this hire. I think who they were running through, like Josh McCown, seemed kind of weird. weird. Yeah. It, was, it was iffy the whole time. Mm-hmm. I mean, for me, I'm just like I don't even know why they got rid of their head coach at the beginning. Yeah, because like I mean, when you true. think about it, like the Texans at the end of the season, they did way better than I expected them to do. Oh yeah, sure, Cully was coaching a pretty good yeah. unit. So I was, I was and that was his first by, year. Yeah, yeah, I was confused why he got got the boot, but you know what? Whatever. I don't think impressed would be the right word, but to go along with that, I think Davis Mills certainly uh, exceeded expectations. Yeah, Mills Mafia. Let's go. Mills Mafia. <laughs> he certainly struggled as as we would have expected, it's but there were some games where he looked like he could turn into a viable starter. And if you think about it, if he waited a little longer, he could have been like one of the best quarterbacks coming out of college, like right now. Oh yeah, I mean we're gonna we're gonna get to this class because at the moment it's not very no. impressive. No. <coughs> I don't think it's gonna get impressive, and I don't think I don't, it'll get much more yeah. impressive. But yeah, we're gonna talk about that in a little bit. So sorry in advance to whoever's listening and your team picks one of these guys in the first round. 
Sorry about that. Pittsburgh well, not Steelers. Necessarily. I was about to say, you're probably a, a lot of these guys <laughs> coming out are kind of developmental quarterbacks. They're not game ready guys quite yet, but they all have great potential. Especially uh, Malik Willis down from Liberty played really well this weekend in the Senior Bowl mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and impressed a lot of the scouts and coaches throughout the week in practice as well. I like the confidence from him too. He was doing unnecessary things. Like you remember when we were watching, he mm-hmm. threw the, he was rolling to his right real fast and threw the ball away. But he, was, he made sure to he do was doing like what Mahomes was doing. <laughs> yeah, that's what he was doing what Mahomes was doing, and it was working out for him. Yeah. So you know, was he the one doing the uh, garbage can video? Yeah, he was. Yes. yes, he was. Those were two dimes. They were dimes. <laughs> they were yeah, dimes. They didn't go in though. Listen, no, they didn't. They say two things Close about this enough. kid. He can make every throw on the chart, and he's got really good speed. So. That's what the NFL looks for now. That's true. So, uh, moving forward, the Dolphins hired Mike McDaniel. 38 years old, was the San Francisco offensive coordinator this past season. Was a San Fran uh, run game coordinator from 2017 to 2020. He spent time with the Broncos, Falcons, Redskins, Browns, and Texans beforehand. Uh, Luigi, you could probably know him more than anyone, but I think this is a fantastic hire for them. I mean, yeah, absolutely. I, I personally thought that the Dolphins should not have let go of Flores in the first place. Yes. Obviously, there was a lot of extraordinary circumstances behind that. But Mike McDaniel, if you're looking for an offensive genius right now, that's the guy. He had the best run, one of the best run games of the past five years that you could see in San Francisco, and then had a fantastic offense with a subpar quarterback. Shanahan talks highly of him. The players talk highly of him. The league speaks highly of him. And people have been saying, if you're looking for the next offensive genius like Kingsbury and McVay and Shanahan, it's this guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think his personality fits really well as a head coach, too. Mike Jones! He's, 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 he's very outspoken in press conferences, very confident about what he thinks about football. And, I, yeah, I think I spoke to a Dolphins fan earlier this week, and they said that this is the happiest they've been in terms of a hire in a long time. Good. Yeah, and I mean, it's a great hire right there. I it's think. not, yeah. Like, how can you complain? Especially with a quarterback you're not sure if you want to run into the future with. Hiring a guy who knows exactly what goes into that. Like, mate, like the whole Brian Flores thing, he was a defensive guy. Everything else was involved, too. But, uh, you know, bringing an offensive guy is very different for them. And I think... Um, Luigi made the point that he was able to construct an extremely potent offense with a mediocre quarterback, which unfortunately for the Dolphins is what they have right now. Right. So not only do they need somebody to come in and create a, a passing scheme that can fit Tua's abilities, but they also are going to get somebody who was a run game coordinator and can figure out how to take pressure off of him, which I think is going to be extremely important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if you look at that offense, they got a couple guys there. Like Jalen Waddell, I think he had a great rookie year. Yeah, fantastic and I year. Think Devontae Parker is a pretty good receiver. Not too. bad. Gasicki's there. They got a run game that's not too terrible. Like, sure. He can definitely turn that offense into something that the AFC will not want to see. And Zach, Zach, did you hear the names he just listed? Yeah, I heard them. That, that constitutes a great young Oh, please. <laughs> <laughs> please, bro. That right there will constitute a great that's young That's a little callback. Uh, uh, He's going back to the past shows. Listen, yeah. <laughs> Hey, the, you're the eulogy eulogy you know what, we're not doing this. We're not doing it. We'll get to the Broncos. We'll Eric, Broncos. you seemed we'll like you wanted to say something. Yeah, so I heard something on part of my take about him the other day, and then I looked it up to make sure it was true. McDaniel, right? Yeah. That apparently George Kittle said in 2020 that he wanted to put a clause in his contract that Mike McDaniel could not leave the 49ers as long as Kittle was there. Like, he likes that wow. guy this much. Oh, Kittle to the Dolphins? So Kittle, first, first Kittle to the Dolphins, and two, McDaniel's, like, 
That's pretty good. That's cool. Like, Kittle's never leaving our organization. No. Gasicki in a I've first for George Kittle. <laughs> I've said that before. I mean, like, that's not the worst thing ever, but I'm never no. giving up George Kittle. I mean, they love him. Mike yeah. McDaniel's 38 years old. Firstly, yeah. he's he's around their age, obviously, give or take 10-plus years. But you got a guy who understands these guys, a guy who comes in with huge football knowledge and a huge football background, huge football IQ. They love to be around him. I understand that. Smart guy. Went to Yale, too. Oh, oh, wow. Yale guy. Oh, I believe. Connecticut. So yeah. I, yeah, Yale football posted about it the other day when he got hired. Nice. Yeah. All right. Smart yeah. minds. So he knows about the New Haven of Peach. Yes, he has <laughs> to. Nice. He has to. All right. You yes. can tell he likes a little slice every once in yeah. a while. <laughs> Seems like that kind of guy, yeah. Good for him. So Mike McDaniel to the Dolphins. Uh, one of the more well-known coaching candidates that had not been in coaching the last, uh, I would say, year uh, Jaguars hired Doug Peterson, 54 years old, was the well-known head coach of the Eagles from 2016 to 2020, has a head coaching record of 42-37-1, and won, and won Super Bowl 52 against the Pats, uh, very closely, as both of you know. Stop. <laughs> okay. um, Don't want to talk about it. I'm cool with this. I like this, too. I love Doug Peterson. I like, never thought I'm he not, should have been fired in the first place. I don't think I'm overwhelmed with it, but I don't think it's a bad hire. I, I mean, you, can really you can't be overwhelmed with anything that the Jaguars do. I was literally about right. to say the exact same thing. You can't be right. overwhelmed no, with that right. organization whatsoever. They have nothing to overwhelm you right now. Yes. But Doug but, Peterson's a great coach to move them forward. Mm-hmm. I yeah, agree. And I think he'll provide something that Trevor Lawrence didn't have this past season, which is a, a, nor- a normal oh, a head normal coach. guy. <laughs> Not a freak show. Urban. A normal 54-year-old guy yeah, who's going to who come in and get the job done. Probably doesn't go to the bars on away uh, games. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Uh, yeah, and he's had experience. He's won a Super Bowl. He won it with Nick Foles. So let's see what he can do with Trevor Lawrence and co. Um, but, yeah, I don't mind it. Uh, Vikings, Kevin O'Connell, 37 years old, hired to Minnesota, was the offensive coordinator of the Redskins in 2019, then the OC of the Rams the last two years in 2020 and 2021. Apparently, one of the big factors in hiring him is that he still believes in Kirk Cousins. No bueno. I wonder how many people they interviewed and then... Like coaches, told probably him, like, like it was probably the main question. The first, do question. you believe first in question. Kirk Cousins? I don't even think. Listen, in my opinion, I don't think that's one of the questions they ask. Well, I I'm sure they ask for his opinion. No, no, no. I personally believe they're him. like, "This is your roster. You want to be this coach? Sure. All right. You're gonna walk into that room, and the first thing you're gonna say is, "I like my quarterback." Because if the first thing you say is you don't like your quarterback, you're gonna get fired quicker than that. Especially well, I mean, he could he could add insight into why he wouldn't want Kirk Cousins, but he's they, they're acting like he's one of the minimal guys who still believes that Kirk Cousins can win a Super Bowl. Like that that's the whole main I point. Like I think Kirk Cousins can win a Super Bowl. I think Bowl. he can too if he has the right. Like I don't even if like, he doesn't have a garbage defense on the other side. True. If he's not yes. on the Vikings, yes. Yeah. Well, yeah. If he's on a, <laughs> no, much, if he a better, a better team coaching staff at this point, I mean, he would probably need to be on. I mean, realistically, could he win a Super Bowl? Well, probably not. Yeah, well, that's like that's the question. Yeah. And do, do, at this point in his career, do you move forward with him and try to build a team around him to win? Yeah. Which I, you don't think so? No, I don't think so. All right, why this not? comes down to one of those other things where it's like your quarterback's not your biggest issue. Fix your other issues until your quarterback must be fixed. Okay. Yeah, that's a good yeah. point. I didn't really that's think like about the it Giants. Like that, I really believe that's a Giants situation. Well, there's more issues than See, the quarterback get, position. Get get yourself a 49ers situation where you, everything you need 
is filled besides the quarterback. <laughs> now you're at that point. <laughs> and then you want to get to in the playoffs? Oh. <laughs> well, at least you're getting to the playoffs. Uh, it's, it's, true. True. Yeah. it's true. And yeah. you get to the playoffs, and then you find out, you know, our number one needs a quarterback. Everything else, our shell is good. Let's go get the quarterback that we need. All right, so now that we're on the discussion, I'm going to take a quick die segment into uh, a quote that Pac-Man Jones had on the Zach Gelb show about his time when he was with the Bengals about the quarterback position. What have you been doing this week? Oh, I've been doing a lot of research. <laughs> so we're gonna we're gonna listen to this real quick. Uh, Zach Gelb. I think, I think, I think he's he he does work for WFAN. He mostly works with CBS Sports. But uh, I thought this was an interesting quote because he talks about the quarterback position. In the postseason, they all start with the quarterback. Uh, a lot of these teams have really good quarterbacks, really good guys that play hard, that that love football, and not worrying about a lot of other things. So I would say if we, if, if it was anything with the teams that I was on, I would say I would start with the quarterback. So just Andy Dalton wasn't good enough, is what you're saying? Yeah. What specifically about Andy did you see that, that makes you now look back on it and go, okay, Andy didn't have what it takes to win playoff games in this league? Um, I don't want to just make the conversation about me saying that he wasn't good enough, but if you just go back and look at the film, um, it speaks for itself. How did- you can look at the numbers. Um, the game we should have won, I think A.J. played. But, you know, yeah, so he's just talking. So, did you hear that? Not at all. Oh, why? I, 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 I heard it. Yeah, it sounds yeah, like yeah. he was on melatonin. Oh, yeah, yeah. No. Well, so, yeah, because he's not on melatonin. He's on something a little stronger. No, there. so he, uh, <laughs> he's just talking about how the quarterback position is much more, not much more important than people may think, but he says, I would start with the quarterback position. If you go back and look at the film, it speaks for itself. Asked why the Bengals had never, never had a good playoff run in the 2010s. So like it's gonna get you to the playoffs with a good team, but once you make it to that quarterback position, you know, then you got to move forward with it. Uh, I don't know. Just thought it was interesting. It was something I found. Pac-Man Jones I'll, talking. I'll, I'll give you a yes, no, maybe so type answer on that one. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and so yeah, so Kevin O'Connell but quarterback I, position. Back to ahead. Kevin O'Connell. What I do like about him is that they hire an offensive coach. Yes, someone who's coming from the offensive background. Meg Zimmer obviously had a huge defensive background. I like this hire a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't get it because like I don't know what's good with all these coaches being hired that I don't think should be hired. But well, it's hey, the, it's the uh, young movement. Good luck to Kevin O'Connell, man. I mean, it's the young movement, the young guys who are uh, quick minds on offense, and they're going to see what they can do. So it's a little bit different in Minnesota. I, I haven't really. I don't know if I talked to Brennan about it. I don't know what Brennan really thinks. I'd like to know, yeah. but I don't. All right. So Giants. We know Brian Dable. Uh, recently this week, they hired the Ravens' defensive coordinator Wink Martindale as DC after Patrick Graham leaves for the Raiders. I was very distraught that Patrick Graham left, but it's not a bad replacement, especially in terms of experience. Absolutely mm-hmm. not. He's got a Super Bowl ring under his belt and a great name. And that, a, that is yeah. a good name. Yeah, Wink Martindale. Oh, his first name's Dom. Don, Let's but they call, him Wink. they call him Wink. Why do they call him Wink? Do we know? know? It's probably one of those nicknames you pick Maybe up Maybe he just has time. like a weird eye, and it's yeah, just like exactly. always it's flickering. Winking. Yeah, they're like, oh, what <laughs> oh, up, Wink? You, we'll call you Wink now. Yeah, and just kind of stuck. <laughs> Most likely. All right, uh, Raiders, Josh McDaniels, we talked about that. 45 years old, hired Patrick Graham as his D.C., 
putting together a pretty good staff out there in Las Vegas. Uh, and then the question ultimately is going to be what they do with Derek Carr. So we're going to find out. Uh, Bears, Matt Eberfluss we talked about. I didn't realize how long Matt Eberfluss has been coaching been coaching for. a really long time. Yeah. Coach at Toledo from 1992 to 2000. Missouri defensive coordinator from 2001 to 2008. Was the Cowboys linebackers coach from 2009 to 2017. And as of recent was the Colts DC from 2018 to 2021. So one of the more experienced guys probably behind uh, Lovey Smith in terms of his experience coaching and along with uh, Doug Peterson. <coughs> we'll see what they can do. Yeah, it's very strange because, I mean, Matt Eberflus is not really a big name in football, but at the same time he's been coaching a very successful defensive unit. And he put together a great defensive unit, like if he's helped through the draft. Uh, Colts had defense. a great defense this past year. Past couple of years. Yes. I mean, this year especially. But, I mean, because you, their young cornerbacks like Kenny Moore stepped up and played huge roles on this team, but... He's put together a nice defense, and they have great defensive scheme, but there's a, there was a lot of holes with that Colts defensive scheme, but that's a whole different issue. Yes, I agree. Uh, and then last but not least, the Denver Broncos, as we said, hired Nathaniel Hackett. He's 42 years old, has been back and forth from college to the NFL for quite a while, was the Jags OC in 2017 and 2018, and the Packers offensive coordinator in 2019 through 2021. Uh, Zach, you've definitely had some time to think about it now. Are we happy with the hire? Yeah, I'm happy with the hire. I think he's going to bring a lot of good... Um, I think he's going to bring a lot of good things structurally to the team, um, as well as character-wise. I think he's going to do good things with the offense, whether or not we replace Drew. I think we should replace Drew. Right now, do I know with what? No. But I trust him to do it. Aaron um, Rodgers. Nah, <laughs> yeah, this, 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 <laughs> this hire really feels like the Too Broncos expensive. trying to butter Aaron Rodgers' biscuit. Right. Because like, I believe he said he loved, like, loved Nathaniel Hackett. Like, he, he loved him. So that's them just trying to say, hey, Aaron, like, Denver's not too bad. Yeah, it gets I mean, cold too. It's not too far. They took uh, Green Bay's tight ends coach to make him the OC two over in Denver. So. Interesting, interesting. I don't. I, I still don't think he's going. I think they're going to push for him really hard. Why not? You know. I mean, why not? But at the same time, I still don't think anything's going to happen realistically. I mean, ultimately, probably the favorite is that he stays. But it's not. You know, it's not out of the question that uh, that uh, he he leaves. And where did I put it? He a fan. He was at some golf event, Aaron Rodgers, and a fan screamed to him, "Come to Denver!" And he said, "We'll see," which wasn't very one way or the other. Yeah. But you know, people people it's are not pushing. a no. No, it's not a no. It's not you know. <laughs> we're not going to do that. Yeah, so, I mean, it's always open. It's like the guy that asked Tom Brady if he still still thinks he's going to continue with his retirement. And he said, "Oh, I don't know. Never say never. Never say never." I had that there too. I had I wrote that down too. That's ball, ball. That's a bunch of bull. <laughs> well, it's all them just trying to not say. Yeah, no. they're trying to stir the pot and be the next headline in the news cycle. Of I mean, course. Hey man, they, football's they, almost over. We need something to hold on to. Yeah, exactly. I know, but I'm tired of it being Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. They're they're both just good. Just go play football and win games. Stop complaining to the media and losing games, Aaron. Go win a game for once. Gosh. He has to go for a hike. Yeah, but clearly he went off. He took his acid in his in his Hawaiian land, wherever the heck he was, and, and it did nothing for him. He loses the first playoff game he plays. Yeah, but he's got that nice hair. No, his hair's <laughs> grease. It's so greasy. Pure grease. It's so ugly. Cut your hair, Aaron Rodgers. 
Cut your hair. Cut your hair. Can't win a Super Bowl with long hair. All right, so that's the uh, coaching roundout. Everything's filled. Uh, and, you know, some of the people that were left behind, one of them obviously we've talked about a lot and has been one of the main pieces in the news is uh, fired head coach from the Dolphins, Brian Flores. And so one of my friends, uh, Jason, so his older brother Johnny uh, is a writer for the American Conservative and his younger brother Jason sent me an article that he wrote about because he's a Dolphins fan and he wanted to write an article about the Brian Flores situation. And he said what Brian Flores lawsuit means. And he goes into uh, you know what he's suing for and whether this is a difference between just him not being a good coach because we know he's a good coach or him or actual racial discrimination. And one of the quotes that he writes about at the bottom is that he says, this is the crux of Flores' argument. Since the pool of players and pool of prospective coaches are effectively identical, meaning that there's 70% of black players that are black in the NFL and only 30% that are white, any difference between the racial composition of the former and the latter groups is evidence of discrimination, but this is not so. Only four current NFL coaches are former professional players, which was an interesting point. Uh, the rest went into coaching either in college or immediately after and have spent years as interns, position coaches, and coordinators. There are plenty of black coaches at every level of the game, but there are also plenty of white college players who couldn't cut it at the pro level and instead devoted their lives to coaching. Football is, is big at high schools and colleges around the country, and college rosters are stocked to the brim with white players who can't cut it at the pro level. It is reasonable to assume that the pool of prospective coaches is therefore closer to the racial composition of the general American population than the disproportionately black pool of NFL players. And then he says the Rooney rule is an exception to that ethic that dominates other levels of football. There has not been a white starting quarterback in the NFL since 2003. There was only one starting uh, white running back in the NFL last year. In colleges around the country, thousands of white high school cornerbacks are moved to safety. Thousands of white high school running backs are moved to fullback. Thousands of white high school receivers are moved to tight end. No one has proposed a Seahorn rule. <laughs> Seahorn rule. Yeah. <laughs> Seahorn rule. It's 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 an interesting interesting thought. <laughs> no, theoretically, I mean, makes sense. To ensure, if you do it by the numbers, yeah, to ensure that those positions are more representative of the racial composition of the population at large, the NFL should insist that its coaches, like its players, be hired solely on the basis of merit without regard to skin color. Obviously. I mean, it's it, it, it's a that, so this gets into a, a larger argument yes. of social norms and social existence currently. I my take on it is Mike Tomlin's a fantastic coach. Brian Flores was a fantastic coach. Byron Leftwich does a great job running an offense. Eric Bieniemy does a great job running an offense. On the other hand, Andy Reid's a great coach. Bill Belichick's a great coach. Any of these other guys are great coaches because they're great coaches, not because of their skin color. Right. Not like realistically, he made a great point. There, the African American popula population is fifteen or less percent right now in the United States. Mm -hmm. Theoretically, they sh in every certain group they should represent fifteen percent, right? Yep. They represent more in the players, and they technically represent a little less than ten percent from coaching staffs. Right? Mm -hmm. Is that is there really a discrimination here, or are the numbers just existing? I don't think so. 
And I, I think more so what his article points out is that, you know, it, it, just because there's less head coaches in the NFL doesn't mean that there aren't, you know, there's there's a lot of black coaches in the NFL, and there's obviously going to be more white coaches just because of the proportion. Yeah. And he makes a point that there's more white players who do not make it to the NFL and then devote their life, life to coaching and eventually make it all the way up where guys like uh, Doug Peterson are now back, and, he, and you know, now Lovey Smith is a head coach. So like yeah. it goes both ways. Um, it's just, I don't know. I don't know if it's the racial discrimination altogether. I, I think there's two sides to this whole thing from this offseason particularly. I think there's what actually is happening and what people are reaching to create. Yes. What is actually happening is that certain organizations discriminated against Brian Flores and possibly other African-American coaches. And that's the reality of the situation. What it's being trying to create it is is what the media is trying to spin it as is that the fact that there are no African American coaches in the NFL or there is a disproportionate amount. Now, the two things going together adds up and creates this terrible situation where the media is going haywire and all the all, Brian Flores is going haywire. But we need to separate the narrative from the realistic situation. And going forward, you hire your best candidate and you move forward. Like I said, there's fantastic coaches of every color, race, size, shape, and everything in between. We have minority coaches. Robert Sala. Mike McDaniel. He's 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 a minority ELCA coach as well. mentioned that as well. He's biracial. I don't know. It's a weird situation. It's, it, I like that article. I like that little excerpt you just read. I just think the media has done some crazy things to the world. Mm-hmm. As, as they always do. Uh... Yeah, I mean, it's it goes back and forth, and it goes to the Giants about why they interviewed him later when they may have thought that they were going to hire Brian Dable anyways to just satisfy the Rooney rule. But there's nothing wrong with hiring Brian Dable. I mean, he's been in the league longer. He's been a coach longer than uh, Brian Flores has. Yeah, the he only just, problem with that he situation has been a head coach. was being being unorderly to Brian Flores. That's yes. the only situation, the only problem. And Bill Belichick kind of uh, I mean, kind well, of helped out with that. Yeah, but Bill's untouchable. We all know <laughs> yes, that. Yes, of course. It's just the wrong Brian. <laughs> That's all just it is. Just got the wrong Brian. Just the wrong Brian. Uh, yeah, and it turned into now a lawsuit. Uh, so we'll see how that turns out, but I thought that was an interesting article from a friend of mine that I wanted to present. Very well put by your friend. Yeah, he's a good writer. Uh, he's been doing it for a while. He has bounced from different publication and huge Dolphins fan as well and he was one of the more upset people that they fired Brian Flores because it didn't make any sense and he, in the beginning of the article he runs through all the accolades that he did at uh, in in Miami yeah. and the team he was given when he came in in 2019 to what he made it into this past year and the streaks that he went on at the end of the year. He had a the draft ten- capital he, he accumulated. Right, yeah. Great defense he put together yeah. as well and they're, they're just missing a couple pieces on offense from you know, make making the playoffs at a normal they need basis. A couple, they realistically, that team just needs superstars. Yes, mm-hmm. and they're young right now. Jalen Waddles in his first year. If they stick with Tua, he's he's young too. So you know, just keep moving forward, keep drafting, and you know, with the draft picks, they have a lot now. <laughs> All right. So uh, yeah, Eric Bieniemy, we talked about back with the Chiefs. Uh, Joe Judge back in New England. Not as the special teams coordinator, but as an offensive assistant. Thoughts? Is that a downgrade? 
Uh, I, I just don't know if he's an offensive mind, which yeah. is what I'm confused about. Like, well, when you see what he did with the Giants and their offense, it's nothing like, oh, yeah, this is exactly who I want to take, who I want Mac to go with into the, the sun, <laughs> the, the shadows, and learn about football. Like, I don't really know how much he's going to offer, but it's interesting. I mean, I was big on Joe Judge when he went to the Giants, mainly because I wanted him to fail so that the Giants <laughs> would be bad. Okay. And that worked. Yeah. So I don't know how I so feel So now about the failure has returned. But it's like the prodigal son returns. Like Bill will be like, hey, buddy, welcome back. Let me show you how it's actually done. Right. <laughs> and I'll have his father over him. Uh, we talked about it yesterday, how the Pats may not hire, or may not name a true offensive coordinator. Yeah, I doubt they will. Yeah, I, I don't think they, they will. will. I'd be very surprised. I, didn't they do the same thing with uh, Patricia? Like, he came back after the whole Lions stint, yeah. and they just called him a defensive assistant. assistant. And Steve Belichick. Back to my point, gentlemen. The real man who's been calling all the plays on both sides of the ball is Bill. Yeah. It is Bill. No, I believe it's it. always been Bill. Well, two weeks ago I yeah. was saying that, and you guys were like, "Oh no, McDaniel's no, got a I, huge no, 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 I think he does. He does. Yes, he does. Yes, no, he does. No. I don't think Bill he Belichick has which way they would run. Yeah, and that was about it. I don't think Bill Belichick has a full hold on every no, single offensive every play. play that they choose. But I think I, he'll have when it comes down to like on, when you're playing Madden, you play like the the mode and franchise where it's like play the important moments. Yes, that's what Bill Belichick is doing. Come on. And if he really wants to, he'll take over hold of whatever he wants. But Okay, they were in the playoffs. He took a hold of every single play I sure. guarantee you. I, I don't I don't disagree with that. But the entire regular season, I think it was Josh McDaniels. Well, I wasn't disagree I didn't say the whole entire regular season. I was talking about the playoffs. No, because game. Well, because of what I said about about how I didn't like the play calling. Yeah, uh, we were but, specifically yeah, talking the playoff. Yeah, game. but the the thing about uh, Belichick that he's talked about before is that he thinks coaches should get all three sides of the ball or like offense, defense, special teams. Make sure they get kind of their feet wet and everything. So That's what he's doing with his son. So I yeah exactly. Steve. He's probably going to end up being a pretty good head coach because uh, if, if any of them were was to come out of the Belichick tree and be a good head coach, it would probably it'd be, be Steve. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, I mean been there forever. I feel like he's just having Steve just like follow him around all the yeah. time. It's like, this is how I eat my cereal in the morning. Yeah. You're going to eat it the same <laughs> way. And that way you get six rings. Like, yep. you'll, be, you'll, be, you'll be fine. And I think that's the plan right now. Yeah. I feel like Bill's going to keep doing it until he doesn't want to do it anymore. And he's going to be like, I give this to Steve. It's got to be addicting, too. Like, it's yeah. so much fun. I don't know how much longer he can do I it. I mean, realistically, for his own health, yeah, probably less than five years, but. I was talking to a friend from home, and they were thinking next, maybe less than five years, like next two to three. It's got to be within five years. Yeah, just he's realistically. Gonna, he's going to wait out Max contract, see how it goes, and then like year three, he might be like, hmm, I don't, I don't and, know. And this realistically, is the guy. next year he could move into solely the GM role and have somebody take True. over the head yeah, coach. He well, like he that. could do that once he's done with coaching. You just stick around exactly. as the GM. He's been doing it for I so go, long. Ozzie Newsom was the GM of the. Browns and then the Ravens forever. Yeah, you could do it for a long time. It's less uh, less uh, straining than coaching is, but it doesn't seem like Bill really gets like stressed. Like I'm sure he does, but he doesn't act like it. I think when he gets stressed, he just cuts new sleeves off a new hoodie. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I agree. (laughs) No, I think he doesn't know anything different. So like, he's been doing it for a long time. This has been his life. And his his dad was at Nate like. Football has been yeah. his life, so I don't see him. I don't. I don't know. He may die in the Patriots facility. <laughs> like he really. Might. I think he probably wants. To. I think he, yeah. I think if you asked him, he either wants to die in the Patriots facility or in Cape Cod. Yeah, yeah. yeah on his yeah. boat, yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. seven rings or Nantucket. Or what is it? Nantucket. Yeah. Nantucket. Yeah. yeah. yeah his eight rings. Eight rings. Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, not, we'll see. Nine coming soon. Nine coming soon. All right, we have three. Take your word for that, man. We have way too early preseason predictions already. <laughs> Did you see that Mac Jones grid, uh, gritty oh, in the Pro Bowl? Yeah. Like, come on. Like, we're <laughs> definitely Griddle. winning it now. Yeah. He can dance. Yeah. You have a quarterback that dances now. Did you guys see the, the video of Mahomes telling him to do it before the game? No. no. Yeah, he yeah. said if you guys, if he was like, he said something like, you do the the gritty like this place will go nuts. Yeah, he started, <laughs> he started it by saying that he can't do it, which is one thing that Mac Jones is better than Pat Mahomes at yeah. is the gritty, and I'll take that. We will take and that. college football. Yes, true. Take wins wherever you can. Exactly. All right, uh, Rich Visaccia hired as the Green Bay special teams coordinator. Now that is a demotion out yeah. of out of any demotion, mm-hmm. and yes, that's what he probably was before, but. He was. He he was the Raiders. Raiders. Dis- yeah. He felt bad, though. Yeah. He like, got he gypped. He deserved that Raiders yes. job. Like, he 100% didn't. The players wanted him to Everything get it he dealt with, too, with, with oh, that organization. The whole organization. Everything that happened. Mm-hmm. Like, the way that team played for him the entire season. I was like, how do you not hire this guy? Yeah, and but then at I the guess. end of the... Literally, right after the playoff game, all these players were like, yeah. we want him back. We they want all him back. said we want that him back. he has... Complete respect and control over the locker room. They probably should have kept him in the locker room just generally. They don't need to keep him as their head coach, but back as your special teams coordinator would probably be a good spot. Yeah. But I'm sure after that betrayal, he probably wasn't too happy to stick around in Las Vegas. Yeah, I don't think I'd want to stay. No, and for Green Bay fans, it's pretty good. You got a you got a guy with head coaching experience as your special teams coordinator. The worst special teams unit in the league is got, getting got a head probably coach. a great, fantastic special teams coach. Exactly. So we'll see how he does in Green Bay. Saints running back Alvin Kamara arrested in Las Vegas following the Pro Bowl on a charge of battery resulting in substantial bodily harm. He's facing up to five years in prison. The wildest thing with this is that it happened on Saturday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then he played a football game, a two-hand touch football game, on Sunday. Two-hand touch, yeah. yep. So he, not only did he go beat the crap out of someone and get the crap beaten out of him, he then went and decided to play football the next day like everything was normal. I mean, craziest part that it was that he was in the Pro Bowl, like... Alvin Kamara did not. He didn't have a great year. Don't get me started. About We're going to talk. Yeah, don't get me don't started. Don't get me started. About the We're going to talk about the Pro Bowl. Bowl. All right, we have. Do, we do have a caller on the line, so we'll bring them on. Caller number one. What's your name? Where are you from? Polly from Jersey. How we doing? Oh, Polly. Polly, what's How good, man? Again? Not bad. How about you? I'm good. I'm good. I've been chilling. Can't complain. What do you got? Getting ready for this Super Bowl. What do you got for us, Polly? Just man, it was a, it was a tough one. I've just just uh, been battling the past uh, the last week and this week, just trying to figure out who I'm uh, I'm rooting for. My main man O and uh, Joey B. Decision. <laughs> uh, two two role model icons in my life, man. Two people I look up to. Uh, ultimately, uh, I came just just came to the conclusion I got to root for Joey B. Man. All right. Listen, everybody, everybody's saying Stafford and the Rams deserve a ring, blah, blah, blah. They're a damn super team, bro. They're a super team. I can't get down with rooting for super teams. They they, they bought and traded that whole team. Uh, Joey B, a natural-born leader. Uh, look at the stats, man. Must-win games dating back to college. 7-0, and 29 tutties. Zero, count it, zero. Like the whole zero donut hole zero picks in those games. I don't think he's going to fold under pressure. I think I, I don't think there's been a stage that's been too big for this kid. Uh, you know, I listen. I want my I want my son to be like Joe Burrow. I'm not <laughs> be like Joe Burrow. 
I want my father to be like Joe Burrow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, listen, listen, man. Call me, call me what you want. Joey B. Joey B is winning on Sunday. I'll take uh, I'll take that. I'll take I'll take that any day. All right. Especially with, especially with some plus value. What about yeah, you? Yeah, with some plus value too. Got some plus value on. Uh, yeah. What are we feeling over there? All right. Well, Paulie's pushing forth the uh, Super Bowl picks. Uh, uh, I don't. We're not going to come out with our picks, but I will tell you how <laughs> I'm feeling. Yeah. We'll see a post. We'll see a post. I mean, every single ounce of fiber in my body says this Rams team is better in 99.9 percent of the categories. Oh yeah, yeah. Right. I would say so too. But then all the other ounces of my body are like. But Joe Burrow. Yeah. Exactly. Joe Burrow, but man. Joe Burrow. Come on. Joey <laughs> Joey Shiesty. And it's not even just because he's dope. He showed us that it can be just him that wins the game. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, listen, he could, be, he could look like a stud. He could play like a stud. Uh, and you're right. The plus Cardinals. value. The plus value. The Simpsons are already saying that. The Bengals are going to win. That. That's fake. Yeah, that was fake. That was uh, fake. I'm <laughs> done with the Simpsons. Oh, they can't keep calling I was getting ready to... <laughs> I was getting ready to refinance my house, and- <laughs> <laughs> but nah, yeah, that was, uh, yeah, I wish, man. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a, it's a hard one. I mean, it's obviously the Super Bowl; it's anybody's game. But I mean, theoretically, the Rams probably should win by like two touchdowns. But I just want to see. I, I want to see it. I want to see an upset, like you yeah. said, the Super I, Team. I would love to see an upset. I I agree with you on that team, Super man. Team aspect. I didn't even really think about it like that, but think about it. Who wants the Warriors to win? No. Nobody. Nobody. Who wanted who wanted Dirk to beat the the ca- or the Miami the, the the Why can't I think about it? Cuz LeBron's Who awesome. wanted Dirk to beat the Heat? Everybody wanted Dirk to beat the Heat. Like come on. They put these super teams together just to go do one good thing, maybe two. And they get lucky. The Rams, garbage. Coming into the season, the Rams were the expected team to be in the Super Bowl from the NFC, just based on yeah. what they were putting into, like putting together as a team. Midway through the year, they lose Robert Woods, so they get Odell Beckham Jr. Bobby Trees. Incre- incredible pickup. Then they trade for Von Miller to make it even a more super team. And I think the one thing that is making this team different from a Warriors team or a Patriots dynasty is that Matthew Stafford is the quarterback. And I know you said, you know, who cares that Matthew Stafford needs the Super Bowl? He was with the Lions on a terrible team for 13 years of his career. So for him to win a Super Bowl would be pretty cool, but I'll, I'll agree. I don't think, I don't really want to see the Rams win. I will say, yeah, I will say, like, just like you said, played on a, on a bad team could definitely see an, an argument there for why he deserves it more than anybody else um but at the end of the day it doesn't matter who deserves it man it, it doesn't matter who deserves it's it true. um i will also say um regardless who wins um i don't know if you guys saw like uh gronk saying like burrows one quarterback he wants to, yeah. he, he would want to play with um regardless of, of if they win or not in this free agency there there's going to be some some people lining up to play with with Joey B and the and the Bengals. I feel like you're like, absolutely just, right. Yeah, that's a, a that's a great point. That's a good point. That's a great point. Just, a, just a, like listen, if I was a free agent, like like let's say I'm like uh, I'm like I know they have a, they have a nice receiving core. Let's say I'm, I'm a receiver. I'm I'm set up to be a free agent. I'm like yo, I kind of want Joey B like like throwing me passes like 
I, I like those stripes. I like those orange and black stripes. Like no, those I, unis I are clean. Look at those helmets. There's an expensive <laughs> yeah. left tackle down in the bayou, Paulie. No, <laughs> they they have there a good is. young team, and, and like like yeah, I said, regardless yes. of if they win or not, I do think like people are going to be lining up to join the Bengals uh, next season. Yeah, they have a bright, bright future. And like you said, Gronk said he would take Burrow. Richard Sherman last week said he would take Burrow. Oh yeah, I mean, I don't even know about Sherman. Jeez, yeah, yeah these guys, these guys love him. These guys that love guy him. Existed. <laughs> they love him. All right, man. Well, it was great talking to you. Thanks for having me on the show. I got to run, but I'm looking forward to uh, to, to, to listening on uh, after after this game. Yeah. Thanks, Paulie. Thank uh, you for the call, Paulie. Real quick, the Pittsburgh Steelers have the 20th pick in the draft. Who is your early prediction? Are you early are you going for a quarterback? See, like, I've been—I haven't really been looking at any anything yet. I would like—I would like to take. Uh, I know we've been looking at uh, the corner from Cincy. I forget his name. Sauce. Um, it's pretty nice, Mr. Gardner. Uh, so that, Mr. Gardner. That would be—that uh, would be a good good first round pick. But ultimately, the person I want. Kenny Pickett, man, I would yeah, love that. That's, that's, that's what I wanted to hear. Hey, uh, I was, I would love that. Guy, yeah. He's got small hands, though. <laughs> we'll <be all> right. <laughs> he wears gloves for a reason. Oh hell yeah! We'll, we'll get him. We'll get him doing the fake slide on Pittsburgh Steelers football. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Paulie, I appreciate the call, my man. Thanks, Paul. Right, Thank Thank you, Paul. Have a good one. See you Sunday. <laughs> All right. Yeah, good point about free agency. Yeah, it was, that was, I, didn't, I didn't even think of it. I mean, we haven't even gotten as we far as we're not, we're not there agency. yet. We haven't even uh, finished the season yet. Monday morning we start yeah. thinking about free agency. It's a good point, though. Like, the Bengals are going to be here for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like, they got a nice little thing going on. They also, mm-hmm. I mean, a big thing about this off season, this past offseason with the, the Bengals, they signed their whole secondary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Bates and Von Bell have been there, but other than that, they signed Awuzie, they signed Mike Hilton, and they signed. Eli Apple all this offseason. Mm-hmm. The goat apple. All right, Paulie from Jersey was our first caller. We have a second caller on the line. Caller number two, what's your name? Where are you from? Uh, Ryan Gable from Torrington, Connecticut. <laughs> oh, hey, Hello. how's it going? Good, how are you? This is I'm a friend of John Paul Greenos, the huge Cincinnati Bengals fan. Oh, big Bengals fan. Big week for you then, my I've friend. heard of you, Mr. Gable. <laughs> I heard you were very excited after that AFC championship game. I am, yeah. It was a, it was a new experience that just made it even better that you know they won. It was exciting for me, and yeah, quite the reaction as you probably know. Yeah, oh, I saw. All right, so what, you got what are we thinking? You know, it's obviously. I think it's going to be the toughest test for the Bengals in the entire playoffs, to be honest. Because the Rams do. I mean, we we always look at the storyline between the Bengals' offense and the Rams' defense. I think it, to be honest, it's going to be a matter of you know the Rams' offense with the Bengals' defense. That's going to be. You're the kind of X factor in this game, but mm. I do think that's going to be a, very close, and it's going to be a matter of the turnover battle. I expect to see probably your Matt Stafford throw a pick or Cam Akers fumble, which will be the difference maker. Probably a 27-21 final. Mm. Okay, I like that. What right a prediction there. there! I definitely agree. You definitely gave out the X factors right there. Turnover margins absolutely huge, especially these two teams that have made some mistakes this playoff run. Um, especially being the fact that the Rams fumbled four times two weeks ago against the Buccaneers. Three weeks yeah, ago. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's probably something that's definitely going to be addressed. And I, they, the Rams know that as well. Yep. You know, they have the fumbling issues, but 
when you got guys like Cam Akers and Sony Michelle, I think they'll be able to probably take care of business for the most part, but yeah. you never know. Yeah, you're absolutely right. The X factor, though, is that knowledge of whether they're going to turn the ball over or not. Um, so now you gave you gave a 27-21 score, right? Yeah, I did. Now, does that come down to a game final drive for you, or is that a clock run out? I think it's going to be a clock run out. Okay. Either that or something similar to the Bengals-Raiders playoff game where the Rams are going to be driving and then something's going to happen, either a turnover or a downs, or just an interception in general that will stop them from obviously not scoring. Yeah. I don't think it's going to be a game-winning field goal or a touchdown. Gotcha. Okay, yeah, no, I like that. Um, you know, I'm thinking back to that drive, and that would be a very exciting way to win on a defensive stop. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the uh, regular season, too, the Niners won on a, a drive by the Rams. They were trying to score a touchdown to win the game. Mm-hmm. And um, pick off by the end of the game, pick, Amber right? Thomas had a pick in the left side of the field. Yep. And ended the game right there and sent the 49ers to the playoffs. But, yeah, I could see that happening. Stafford? We haven't had many opportunities to see him clutch up completely in big games, and obviously we have a huge opportunity this weekend. Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, I think people give a lot of criticism, at least this week in the media, for Matt Stafford. He's a great quarterback. He's, you know, he's obviously you guys mentioned earlier in the show, coming from the Lions, who really haven't given him a chance to succeed in the playoffs. But because he's got that such a really good supporting cast, I honestly think it's going to do things wondrous in the Super Bowl. But I honestly think as well it's going to come down to – you know who's gonna who's gonna stop Cooper Cup? Obviously on the Bengals' defensive side, as well another way around. Is can Jalen Ramsey contain Jamar Chase? And even if that there's a double coverage on Jamar Chase, who's gonna cover T. Higgins and Tar Boyd? So it's really, I think, the receiver and cornerback battles over guys like Aaron Donald, Leonard Floyd. I I so, like that. I, I think that I, 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 like I like that. that. Yeah. Zach, go ahead. So you see the secondary matchups as more of an issue than the uh, trenches matchups. Absolutely. Definitely on both ways as well. I mean, despite that there's more talent on the defensive line for both teams than the cornerbacks, yeah. I just think that the cornerbacks are going to be you know, a key difference maker yeah. in this game. Now, right. You have two really talented wide receiver groups hmm. that are going to make a huge difference. It is mm-hmm. going to come down to that. Obviously, a big factor is going to be those that O-line, D-line battle because obviously you have a relatively weaker Bengals O-line, but we've seen them hold up against very good defenses. So Even the Chiefs. Could, it, they held out well. They yeah. didn't, it's possible they couldn't. They could come over that. I mean, at the same time, the Chiefs Part of do have. Burrow, though, he gets the ball out so quick. Even if he's well, the Chiefs aren't the Rams, but yeah. they have nowhere, Chris. They're nowhere near they the have Chris, like They have a star player in Chris Jones, yeah. and it's not Aaron Donald, of course, and Aaron Donald's going to be doubled to triple teamed all day. But then you end up dealing with the two outside guys in uh, Floyd and uh, Von Miller as well. But and I, I Sean Robinson's had a great playoff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I do like I do like the point in terms of the wide receiver group because I think that is what it's going to come down to because these are both heavy, heavy passing teams when it comes down to it. Go ahead, Zach. And you guys mentioned too that uh, you know Joe Burrow just getting the ball out quicker. I mean, it's making a lot of sense you think about because the offensive line is in probably the bottom five, I think in the in the league. And yep. he's got, just had to adapt to throw that quickly. So it's just coming over time. And he's going to be well aware that you know, the Rams are going to try and pressure and blitz as much as they can with the talent that they have. So he's, he's taking that all into consideration in preparing for Sunday. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, so then, it, so say things go awry. I like your confidence in the team and the offensive line, but we know that they gave up nine sacks against the, against the Titans. If they start. Yep. 
losing in the trenches, and they do start compiling sacks. Do you trust this defensive unit against the Rams' offense to keep them in the game long enough for Joe to score? I think so. I mean, we've got a lot of different free agent signings. I mean, this season has been a huge difference maker. We've talked about guys like Awuzie, Trey Henderson, who's had over 14 sacks. You know, Eli Apple, despite his controversies, I guess, on Twitter. But <laughs> yeah. I think they definitely can. I mean, it's going to be stopping guys like Cooper Cup. I think they're going to be able to. I mean, it's going to be tough. But I, I think they'll be able to do it. I agree with you. I, I said totally last agree. week this is the this is the unit that impressed me the most all season. Yeah, yeah I've been really surprised just how the defense is playing overall. Because you know, sometimes you see when you bring all different kinds of free agent signings, you know, it ends up being – you know, not working out, it's kind of risky spending all that money, but, you know, they spent this, all this money, and so far it's been just working out tremendously, a lot of them being starters, and not guys that Bengals have drafted, besides guys like Jesse Bates, Jermaine Pratt, and Logan Wilson. Yeah, the uh, the rebuild has been fantastic in the last three years with Zach Taylor, and they're going to sign him to a contract extension. Man, I wish you the best of luck on Sunday. It's a huge day for you. Uh, are you watching it Thank in you. a special location? What are you doing for it? I'm just going to be watching it with friends, you know, John being one of them. I just, you know, I would, you know, just kind of like get like locked in, but I just want other people to be around me. I'll probably go over a friend's house and, and just, you know, enjoy the moment. And it's been a special year for me, so I yeah. just want to take it all in and have a good time. Absolutely. Absolutely. A, su- a trip to the Super Bowl is one of the best things you can have, and I wish you the best of luck. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. All right. Thanks for the call, man. Thank you. No problem. Have a good one. You too. All right. Bengals fans on the line. Bengals fans off the line. Good luck to the Bengals and the Rams, of course. All right, uh, what do we want to go to next? Super Bowl, man. Yeah, yeah I, I think, think we got to run through the Super it's Bowl. Time to talk about it. Okay. Um, all right, Super Bowl Sunday. The time has come. Let's get a. Oh no, there is no caller on the line. I thought there was a caller. Okay. Oh, oh no. there is a caller. Okay. All right, yeah, we'll bring that. them on real quick. Double prank. Caller number three. What's your name? Where are you from? Zeke from Connecticut. Zeke Hi, from Zeke. Connecticut. Hello. <laughs> we can, no wad tonight, huh? What'd you say? What's up, Zeke? No wad tonight? Oh, no. I don't know what Juan's doing. You Have you been texting him or no? Yeah, I was probably cooking dinner or something. Oh, okay. All right. Sounds like Juan. Now, Chef Zeke, we talked to you last week. What do you got for us this week, Zeke? That guy, I feel bad for him. This is 47-14 Rams all day, an absolute blowout. <laughs> okay. 47-14. <laughs> Holy hell. Rams cover the spread. Where, okay. where, okay. where do, what does Cincinnati have an advantage in this game? Where does what? What was that? Where does Cincinnati have the advantage? Where, where is it like, okay, they're going to win that battle easily. Where's that battle? It is... In the, the probably their wide receiver room right Joseph now, Burrow. the yeah. quarterback. I would say I think he, Joe Burrow has a tight edge right Quarterback's now. Quarterback's not clear. It's though. not. Clear. I would say their wide no. receiver room versus their that cornerback room. Even though Jalen Ramsey is in that DB room, they still have a man who just got off the couch four weeks ago, yeah. and very okay. subpar cornerbacks that we'll get to in a little bit when we run over the uh, oh. Super Bowl oh. review. Okay. Let me ask you guys a question. Do you think the Rams front uh, front seven is better or the same as the Tennessee Titans? Better. Mm, uh, okay. Yeah. Well, uh, hold on. The front, I wouldn't go that the front far as saying four. better. The front four. Front four. Not oh, necessarily the seven. seven. Yeah. yeah. All right. That's, that's fixed. They sacked him like nine times. I know. They did sack him nine times. They did. 
Listen, so, and he still how won. Is this like? I'm nervous that, that this could be 15 sacks. No, right? it's the the right. the the, uh, the Titans have better edge rushers than the Rams do. Probably. Firstly, Rams Harold Landry is much better than Von Miller and Leonard Floyd, and I will bring that to yeah. my grave. But, but we don't need to go over that right now. What'd you say, Zeke? The Rams are the best player in the game, in my opinion. And and Aaron Donald. She's a nightmare. I know. Yeah. He is literally double and triple team and still getting in. And Less Von than the Miller, 49ers, they just single block him. <laughs> well, so yeah, I saw a statistic that said Aaron. It, it showed the top five QB pressures in the league. Aaron Donald had five hundred and two in the regular season. The next highest, I think, was at three ninety something. That's over like the last oh, like eight years. Though, oh. right? Uh, I don't know what what it was over. I can look it up. I it's just saw it on five hundred QB. <laughs> it definitely it definitely wasn't. I think it was it's like if he sneezes on the QB. That's I think pressure. it may have been since twenty seventeen or twenty eighteen. Yeah, that's sounds about right. But yeah, I mean, Let's obviously, it it's it's Aaron Donald. We all know Aaron Donald. It's terrifying. It's, it's, they're gonna. It's gonna be disgusting. It'll probably six sacks minimum. How's that? Y- you know. I, yeah, I think that's fair. I I don't disagree, but at the same time, I don't agree. I mean, we've seen them play very very good teams and pull out wins that I thought they had negative chance of winning that game two weeks ago in I, I agree with you. in Kansas City, and they pulled it out. They completely dominated in the second half as a complete unit. I I think. That thinking that any of these games are going to be a blowout is really beyond us and behind us at this point because we thought last two weeks ago that a team with Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, and Tariq Hill were going to absolutely slaughter this subpar Bengals team that we've been talking about being subpar all year, and then they come out and they win. It's just they might not have on paper edge, but none of that matters when you step onto the football field. Because when you're on that football field, it's whoever's clicking at the best. And right now, the team that's clicking the most is absolutely 100% the Cincinnati Bengals. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. So the team that just beat the team, they couldn't beat forever. The Rams couldn't beat the Niners. Yep. They aren't clicking at all cylinders? I think they're clicking well, too. I wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't say, say that. say they weren't. Well, yeah. I, I think that the, the most clicking team. They just beat the Chiefs, for God's sakes. Yeah, I know, I know. They came back in a in a long game against the Chiefs. I do think that... The Rams beat Jimmy G. He's garbage. I, well, <laughs> now that he's leaving, I'm going to go on this whole rant about him because he's terrible. He's terrible. Defend him until he sucks. If we had Kirk Cousins, you know what? Right there. Kirk Cousins is a Super Bowl winning quarterback because if he was on this 49ers team, we would be 17-0 and walking to the Super Bowl. That. <laughs> The Niners were being compared to the, I'm going to throw up, the Giants, the Giants. run of 07. Yes. I mean, that was what the Niners were being compared to. And they got beat by a team they had beaten easily. And the Rams just have that star quality to them. They have that, like, like it's time. It's two years ago. LA. They the, yeah, it's the L.A. factor. It's the L.A. bling. They, had the, they played the Patriots in one of the worst Super Bowls ever a couple years ago. Yep. Who and won? They're, I just think they're right. Like Ramsey against Chase is going to be such a great matchup, but I think he's going to own him. I do. I don't know. I see. I think the Ramsey over Chase is an interesting matchup. I think that's something that hasn't been really pointed out as much, just in terms of experience. And people are saying that yeah. Jamar Chase is already at the highest level of receiver that that we have in the league, which is which he is. But when we get into the Super Bowl, are things going to be different? Now, a lot of these players, as Eric knows, have been in national championship games. They've been yeah. in big situations. They've been in the biggest in terms of college. Not many of them have played in a Super Bowl. 
the a decent number of Rams, obviously Aaron Donald, have been were in that Super Bowl in uh, 2018 with against the Pats. Yes. So yep. I, I don't know in terms of experience what it comes down to. It, someone said earlier, I heard you guys talking about the front lines and the, and the trenches. I don't see any way the Rams don't get the advantage on both sides of the ball here. I just can't see it. Mm-hmm. Now, you might be right. You play the game, it's a different story. I fully agree with you. But the trenches, to me, are, are easy on one side. I'm sorry. I, no, I, I think that's wrong? a fair point. Oh, I agree. I think that's a fair point. I think my whole argument was really that the Titans just have a better. No, well, I mean, yeah, you you can go back and forth on that all day. But what we're talking about is what the Rams are, and Aaron Donald, hands down, is probably going to end up being one of the greatest defensive players of all time. Him having, if not already, if not, if not, he already has the accolades to be so. Absolutely, and Sean McVay, who is like a mad scientist. He's dying to show off how much he knows and You're what right. he can do, and he's going to come out in this game and try every single trip play, weird play, and it's going to be stuff we haven't seen in a while. He is, like, dying to be called a genius, and this is his yeah. chance to do it. I cannot see him. They lose this game. I don't know what to say about them anymore. No, Zeke, no nothing to say. You know what, Zeke? I, I actually do completely agree with you on that point, but at the same time, they have all of these things weighing down on them. He wants to be called a genius. They made this super team. They have Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey, arguably the two best defensive players in the game. Yep. Is that too much for a team? Whereas the Bengals are walking in here, all they got is Joe Burrow, basically, and if they win, it's a win. So would you rather be a team walking in with nothing on your shoulders or this Rams team that's literally walking in with everything on their shoulders? And that's another huge part of it. It's a good point. It's a good point. I think that – their experience in the Super Bowl, they all say, matters. Like it's a, it matters to know the week off. It mm-hmm. matters to know the media. It matters all the stuff. And the Rams have been through it, and I give them a huge advantage there. If Joe Burrow, Burrow whatever you call him, can stay on his feet, can, they can they can possibly win this game. And I, if this game is a close game in the fourth quarter, all that karma from the Bengals will come into play. But I. I, I hope it happens. I don't think it's going to happen, but yeah, I think I think all that it can matter in the fourth quarter. Yeah, I agree with the I don't hope or I hope, but I don't believe. Mm-hmm. Like I think exactly. I think that's a great way of putting it because you hope that the Bengals can break this long streak of not having a Super Bowl win for their fan base. Do it with a guy in Joe Burrow who's in his uh, you know in the beginning of his career, a guy in Zach Taylor who's in his third season. But you're playing a team that has built their entire organization for this specific game. They traded every single first-rounder that they have for all the players that are going to play on Sunday. Hall of Fame players left and right on defense. A guy in Matt Stafford who has been a great quarterback throughout his career has never made it to the big stage. A guy in Cooper Cup mm-hmm. who's the best wide receiver in the league at the moment. Odell Beckham yep. Jr. who you know hasn't, oh. hasn't made a Super Bowl yet, was with the Giants, has been fantastic this playoff run. I feel like they have a lot of guys on their side who are just ready to go. And I don't believe that the Bengals don't, but I think a lot of guys who are veterans who are itching to get this win you know, under their accolades. And nothing worse to see all the OBJ on that field dancing after a Super Bowl win. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to – I don't know what I'm going to do. It's just going to be turning the TV off time. Awesome. <laughs> that guy dancing and that guy, oh, that just made me sick to think about it. <laughs> All right. Well, don't think about it then. You know, yeah. you can think about it. You can think about it if it happens. <laughs> so, hey, uh, 
how I don't follow college basketball a lot. Long reason why. How is UConn even doing? We are 24th in the country currently. Oh, wow. Let's come back a little bit. And right? yeah, we just we just beat uh, the 18th team in the country in Marquette last night. So I'm a big Georgetown fan, so it's not going well. Oh, uh, Mr. Ewing. Well, you won the Big East Championship last year. That's a. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, as what were they, an eight seed last year? Something like, yeah, something like, like that. eight yeah. or nine. They got a big game tonight. Who are they playing tonight? DePaul. DePaul. Oh, they need huge this game. game. They need this game. Uh, <laughs> all right, Zeke. Well, now you, all right, guys, thank you. You gave us your pick in the Rams. You're obviously sticking with it, I'm assuming. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Zeke. Well, good luck on Sunday. Enjoy the weekend. Talk to you next week. Bye. Thanks, Zeke. All right. Yeah, you can go back and forth about this game in any way you want. I mean, last Sunday, my first thought after the Niners lost, probably 15 minutes later, was the Rams are going to dominate the Bengals. Yeah. Now, I've had a week and a half to think. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't think that's realistic anymore. Mm-hmm. I really do not. And I, 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 I would love to say that the on-paper things are going to come out but the amount of times we've talked about on paper things that never work out is infinite at this point. All right, we do have another call on the line. We're going to bring him on real quickly. Caller number four, what's your name? Where are you from? What's up, guys? Cliff from Middle Cliff, <laughs> hello. Middlebury. How are we, Cliff? It's been a long I'm time. Great. It's, How are, you boys are you Are you out from under the rock that the Jets put you in after the regular season ended? <laughs> What are you talking about? You haven't called in in a, like a month and a half. <laughs> oh, I haven't? Oh. I, <laughs> <laughs> um, I just want to call to say, um, let's go with those 49ers. <laughs> oh, that's oh, that's that, that's a long ago subject, Cliff. We're talking about Bengals Rams. Yeah. Don't let's don't hit a guy real. when he's down, huh? Let, let's, I'm a Jets fan. I know what it's like. <laughs> I was going to say, it's Cliff, always down. it wasn't even worth it for me to come back with how about them Jets because <laughs> you know how how about them Jets. I, I know. I know. I have a very tough life. Um, but so the um, the Bengals and the Rams, let's go with Joe Shiesty, man. Okay. Yeah. Cliff, no, you're going no. with the underdogs? No, I'm just kidding. Oh. <laughs> I, I think I'd be crazy to not go with the Rams. On paper, they're the better team. Um, they had the experience being the Super Bowl a few years ago. Um, but I do think if this game comes down to a final possession, I think they have um, the guts, the Bengals, and the kicker to win this game. Oh, the kicker is in play. we're not talking about. Yeah, right? we're not kickers. talking about the kicker. We've got to talk about kickers. Mc, <laughs> McPherson. I mean, I he's like, I mean, he's a rookie. He's a fifth-round pick, and he's playing like he's Justin Tucker. He's, he's the like second-best kicker in the league. Well. So and I, yeah, I mean he's been phenomenal, and I think if this game comes down to one possession, I think Bengals end up with the last possession of this game. I could see them driving down the field and seeing you know the Rams maybe make a few mistakes, maybe get a penalty against them or two, and then McPherson hitting the game winner. All right, I like that prediction, Cliff. You got a score prediction? I'm gonna go. Let's go 31-28. Ooh. Okay. High scoring game. I, I have a feeling that this could be a high scoring game. I think that's the same score actually that the. Um, EA Madden Sim was. Uh, was oh, all right. Maybe the uh, EA Madden Sim is putting something in your brain that you don't realize. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> but I, I think that it'll be a high-scoring game. I, I think that, you know, Burrow, Jamar Chase, Mixon, I think they'll really – I think they'll take it to the Rams, and I think they'll make this an interesting game. Awesome, Cliff. Well, I appreciate the call, my man. Um, you Are you – is my family hosting a Super Bowl party? I think they are. I'll probably make a. I'll make an appearance. Oh, you'll I'll make probably. an appearance, a little cliff appearance. 
Yeah, but um, I hope you guys enjoy the Super Bowl. Don't uh, don't have too much fun, um, <laughs> but you guys enjoy it. Um, hopefully, whoever you guys pick to win wins, and uh, you know, have a few beers for me. Yeah, All right, Cliff. We'll do, we will. Yeah. All right, thank you, Cliff. Uh, can promise. You guys that have one. a good night. See ya. Yeah, you too. Thanks, Cliff. All right, Cliff A. All right, Super Bowl matchup, February 13th, 6.30 p.m. on Sunday. Location is SoFi Stadium, the home field of the Los Angeles Rams in California. Not that that has really mattered at all, and it'll probably be semi, you know, fairly split. Well, in the Super Bowl, I mean, realistically, if we're going to think about it, a lot of rich people live in L.A. and could buy tickets, but in a Super Bowl, none of it matters. Well, people all over the place. The, uh, the big thing is rich people because the t- average ticket price right now is $9,000. Pocket change, my friend. Oh, now, $9,000 for the people who are paying, but Zach Schmola has a family member attending the Super Bowl for free. Mr. Zach's dad is going for work. Mr. Zach's hey. dad. He won't, Zach's as dad. we found out, it's not as cool as we originally thought. He it's has always, to be working. very cool. He has to be working the entire time. What does he have to do? He's, is he, he working during the like, game? Yeah, what he is he during like, the game. Like helping clients or whatever he's oh, doing. He has to be working, yeah, but he's still yeah. at the game. Has yeah. he flown out yet? Tomorrow. Tomorrow. That's he's, awesome. If he yeah, sees Crocky, tell him I said I hate him. Oh, very cool. He'll see these guys. He won't see Gronk, but he'll see these guys. All right. So the number four seeded Rams, as we mentioned, 12-5 and in the regular season, four-and-a-half-point favorites. Head coach Sean McVay in his fifth season, 55-26 and all-time record for him as a head coach of the Rams. Lost Super Bowl 53 to the Patriots, 13-3, to and one of the worst Super Bowls, as Zeke said. In lifetime, uh, four-seed Bengals on the road, 10-7, and four-and-a-half-point favorites. Head coach Zach Taylor in his third season, 16-32 and is his all-time record. Uh, first Super Bowl. I wonder when the last time a head coach has had a that bad of a record. Such a terrible record. That has made it to a Super Bowl, you know? I'd I like to see the stats percentage. on that. Yeah. I guess it was the last time that... A team was picking first overall two years before they were in the Super Bowl. So right. insane. Yeah, they've the rebuild has been incredible. The Gant, Joe Shiesty effect. When they made the playoffs, Ganty texted me and said the Giants need to do exactly what the Bengals have done. <laughs> what what is that though? What what have the Bengals drafted drafting, all time? Well, drafted, just drafted Joe Burrow. drafting Jamar Chase over Penny Sewell. Yeah. Uh, that was that was number one. Was, uh, <laughs> you mean there were better options than Andrew Thomas? <laughs> Well, no, no, no. That was not the Andrew Thomas draft. It was that Jamar Chase was drafted over Sewell. I'm just saying, Sewell in general, there were better options oh, than Andrew okay. Thomas. All right, relax. <laughs> <laughs> He's, he hasn't turned out that bad. He's been okay. Um, all right, Joe Burrow versus... We're going to go down the, uh, the duels and the discrepancies. We'll pick who we think has the advantage. We've kind of already talked about it. We'll go in depth a little bit. All right, Joe Burrow versus Matt Stafford. Enrique, you can start. Who do you think has the edge here? Uh, I gotta give the mental edge to Joe Burrow. I just think the confidence that he plays with, like everything about him, just screams that he just wants to win this game. Don't get me wrong, I love Matt Stafford. I've probably drafted him in fantasy like seventy thousand times. It feels like, <laughs> but in the end, I just really I, I can't get off Joe Joe Shiesty. Like he's just my guy now. Mm-hmm. Zach, you want to talk about presence in the pocket? You want to talk about the throw chart? You're gonna have to talk about Joe Burrow. Matt Stafford has had an excellent career, and he still has all of the tools. But Joe Burrow has mobility. Joe Burrow has confidence right now, and he's clicking with his receivers. Maybe Matt Stafford and Cooper Cup, but in terms of all three receivers, nobody's got it like Joe. Now, I, I love Joe Burrow, but he's realistically not the better quarterback on this field. 
you could see it in the numbers, you could see it in their win columns, and you could see it in the fact that Matt Stafford's been in this league forever. Matt Stafford has better completion percentage, better yardage, more completions, less interceptions, and more touchdowns than Joe Burrow in the playoffs and in the regular season. It's hard to pick against Stafford in this game when he's got a wide receiver like Cooper Cup, who's a triple crown winner. Um, I, I think he has the edge there. Uh, yeah, I, I think I, I think they're both great quarterbacks. I mean, looking at their statistics, 4,600 yards versus 4,800, like not a big difference. They're both close to throwing for 5,000 yards. In the playoffs, they've had pretty similar statistics as well. Matt Stafford in the playoffs has been a tad bit better. Six touchdowns and one interception versus Joe's four touchdowns and two. Both of these quarterbacks, this is their first time in a Super Bowl. I think it's going to be an interesting experience for both of them. And each game that we've gone through for Joe Burrow, it's been like, you know, when is this pressure really going to get to him? When is he going to make the mistake that maybe, you know, a young quarterback does make in the type of Super Bowl run with not a great offensive line? But he hasn't. I think statistically speaking and experience wise, Matt Stafford's the better quarterback. But in terms of clutch rating, I would give Joe Burrow the edge. And in a Super Bowl where you need to be clutch, we we saw in the his college year with the with LSU and the national championship. I think Joe Burrow comes into this game, plays really well. He may not win it, but I, I think he gives a good fight. Running back rooms, uh, the. Bengals have Joe Mixon, had 1,200 yards rushing and 13 touchdowns in the regular season, has had a pretty good uh, postseason as well. On the other side, Sony Michelle and Cam Akers are the duo there. They also lost Daryl Henderson during the year and gained back Cam Akers, so this team was very good at the, in the running back room to start. Both have been pretty good back and forth. I would give the Joe, Joe Mixon the edge here. I, I think he's the you know the all-star running back, one of the best running rushing running backs in the league, really good in the pass game too. I think the tandem of Michelle and Akers is good, but I, I think all in all, Joe Mixon is the guy. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I like the two-pronged uh, approach with Sony Michelle and Cam Akers. I love Cam Akers. I love watching that guy run. But uh, Joe Mixon, like what he can do in the receiving game, what he can do when he runs, I think he's going to be a huge factor for the Bengals if this game's going to go their way. I see Joe Mixon being a huge part of that. So I'm going to go with Joe. I like the philosophy of a two-headed uh, back room, but two dogs don't make a wolf, and the Bengals have a wolf. They have a guy who can take all the snaps. <laughs> he can take over. Just the way that you put that together, like I kind of agree with it, but the way that you put it together was just funny. Yeah. Well, you know, th- neither of them are as good as Joe. Together, they're not as good as Joe. They just give you different things. Yeah. Um, I like that. I like the idea of it. But I think, in principle, when you're talking about one game, not the span of a season, I'm going to take the solo running back that's head and shoulders better. I have to agree. Joe Mixon's been a consistent back in the league since he's entered in 2017. He hasn't really had that breakout season, and then it was this year. They had that breakout season. He's got that, and like you guys said earlier, he could be a very big X factor into the Bengals winning this football game. Wide receiver rooms. Obviously, the Bengals have Jamar Chase and T. Higgins, both 1,000-yard receivers in the regular season. Tyler Boyd rounding out the third wide receiver spot, 828 yards and five touchdowns. On the other side, Cooper Cup, the best uh, wide receiver in the league for Matt Stafford, and then Odell Beckham Jr., who was signed halfway through the year, who has been really good and really good in the playoffs as well. I think in total you give probably the edge to the Bengals as a wide receiver room in terms of just what the wide receivers can break out and do. 
but it's it's close. I think this is one of the closer advantages, uh, you know, in all of the positions. You really have two wide receiver rooms that are good at doing two separate things. the The Bengals wide receiver room is great at making separation in the open field, breaking on their routes. Whereas you have a Los Angeles wide receiver room who's great at finding those soft spots in your defense. They do things differently, but are both very effective in the way they do them. And it's that that's just it's going to be electric to watch. I give my advantage. Uh, I give my advantage just because of the numbers to the Bengals. I'm going to have to say so personally. I think. Jamar is going to have not one of his best games ever. I think it's hard to see that happening against Jalen Ramsey. He's just so locked down. I think Cooper Cup, he's like a unicorn in my head. Like He's going to have an unreal game, I believe. The guy I, I want to put my faith in, my roommate said it today, shout out Dom, T. Higgins. I think he's going to be the guy for the Bengals in the Super Bowl mm. with Jamar Chase getting locked down a lot. I think T. Higgins, he's a big receiver. He's fast. He's strong. I, I think he's... if, if like I said with Joe Mixon, if the Bengals are going to win this game, I expect a lot out of T. Higgins. Like He's got to pick up some slack. And in that way, I find him as a better receiver than Odell, in my opinion, because I hate Odell. <laughs> but I think overall, it's hard to not give it to the Rams just with the quality that is Cooper Cup. I certainly think that T. Higgins is going to have to step up, and probably also Tyler Boyd. Um, but I'm going to give my chip to the uh, Los Angeles Rams just because there are a couple guys in this league at the wide receiver position that have the ability to kind of take the offense over for themselves and it doesn't really matter how many people you put on them. They can just function on their own, and Cooper Cup is one of those guys. And I think if Matt Stafford is ever in trouble, he'll always have not only a option available but one of the best options in the entire league. Um, I think this is going to be well over 100 yards for Cooper Cup. And I'm going to give my chip to them. I want to quickly just retrace my steps. I, I'm removing my edge from the Bengals. And I know this doesn't matter at all, but I'm moving my edge. <laughs> my edge is moving to the Rams. I realized Cooper Cup carried me in like three different fantasy leagues this year. Yeah, I noticed. I don't know why I should <laughs> doubt this man whatsoever. They have the advantage just because of the relationship that Cup and Stafford have. They eat breakfast together every day. Mm-hmm. Every, I, so every, every day. How was your, your morning, dear? I wish I knew that before uh, fantasy draft. Yeah, I would have so taken right? Cooper yeah. Cup. <laughs> I Learned know. that two weeks later, I was like, yes. I didn't know about the oatmeals every morning. <laughs> my bad. Both great uh, wide receiver rooms. We'll see who gets the edge over the other. Tight end room, C.J. Uzama. Uh, he had a decent season with 49 receptions, 493 yards, and five touchdowns. Tyler Higby on the other side for the Rams, 61 catches, 560, and five touchdowns. I'm not going to give an advantage in this area because I don't think there is one. Smelly. I think they both have pretty average tight ends that are going to get the job done in the blocking game and catch, catch a couple balls here and there. That's what I'm going to say. My knee hurt when I watched the video of uh, C.J. Uzoma rip his cast off and throw it into the crowd. Bengals crowd went crazy. Irresponsible, CJ. Heal yourself. That was okay. Funny. Yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, I agree with you, Matt. Like, I mean, I've not seen a lot of Bengals football up until recently, obviously, so I don't know much about CJ. He's got a great name, obviously, but I, I've watched a lot of Tyler Higby. I think he's more than just an average tight end, but I think in that regards, I would have to lean to the Rams. If there is any advantage, it goes to the Rams. Like Enrique said, Higby's just a little bit better, but I don't think I don't think at the end of the day it's going to be an X-factor for this game. Yeah, I agree with that. 
All right, offensive line battles. We've talked about this a lot. I'm not going to go through each offensive lineman, but in terms of total offensive line, the, the Bengals the Bengals have <laughs> given up 55 sacks in 2021, and the Rams given up 31. So yep. I'm going to take the Rams. Yeah, yeah. so on the Bengals O-line, we have Jonah Williams, Isaiah <laughs> Prince at tackle, Quentin Spain and Hakeem Adenji on guard, and Trey Hopkins at center. For the Rams, we have Whitworth and Havenstein, two very – Veteran guys on their tackle positions, Austin Corbett and David Edwards at the guard position, and Brian Allen at the center. How hard was that? Just because they're over 300 pounds doesn't not, mean you don't I'm, read their I'm names. I'm speeding too. it up. We're, we're yelling that we need to be out of here by seven, well, and we want to go through every. We want to go through every five offensive. You linemen. made it longer because you're complaining about the <laughs> offensive line. <laughs> you, you held it. All right. What do you? Where do you got to go? You were here past seven last week. I have to go help the homeless. <laughs> Sounds like a fake excuse. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> O-line. O-line. I got to give it to the Rams. I don't think there's any question there. That Rams line, like, Andrew Whitworth, it, I'm not a guy that knows every O-lineman's name, but that's an O-lineman that I feel like most Long football time. fans know. I trust them. I think that's just going to be the O-line that wins that battle. All right, defensive side of the ball, the defensive interior on the Bengals side, DJ Reader, BJ Hill, and Tyler Shelvin on the opposite side, Aaron Donald, Greg Gaines, and Ashawn Robinson. I think you give it to the Rams because of Aaron Donald. Yeah, that's a quick one. I don't think we need it. I think and because of Ashawn Robinson. He's been playing very good in the playoffs. He had a great game against the Niners in both Week 18 and in this past divisional game and played very well against the uh, Buccaneers and Cardinals as well. Edge rushers for the Bengals. Trey Hendrickson has had an con- incredible year at 14 sacks during the regular season. They also have Sam Hubbard, Khalid Kareem, and Wyatt Ray. On the opposite side with the Rams edge rushers, they have Von Miller, obviously the future Hall of Famer, was the Super Bowl 50 MVP. They also have Leonard Floyd, Chris Garnett, and Ogbon... I don't even know how you say that. Ogbonya Okoronkwo. Okay. Right. That was good. I think. That was, yeah, that was, I know. That was fair. I think, I think that was right. Yeah. That. You're pretty close, yeah. All right. Um, Enrique, who do you think? I'm going to go with the Bengals here. I love Sam Hubbard, and I love Trey Hendrickson, and Von Miller's old and washed up. Oh, please. All right. Zach? Uh, yeah, the Bengals. But yeah, yeah, that's what also, I thought. you're ridiculous. Nope. Definitely, <laughs> the Bengals have been playing a lot better, and just watching Trey Hendrickson track down. God, Patrick I love Mahomes watching him. Like two or three times last week. Definitely enough to give them the advantage. I think Leonard Floyd and Von Miller are great, but I really believe what Trey Hendrickson and Sam Hubbard have been doing this season is a huge reason as to why they're in this football game. Sam Hubbard will put Ohio on his back. And Harambe. And Harambe. And Harambe. Harambe. For Harambe. Rest in peace, my sweet And that is why the Bengals win the Super Bowl. Harambe, we're just talking about that. Yeah, we haven't talked about that. Yeah, that is a factor. They're playing this game for him. They're going to win it for the city and for Harambe. Exactly. He's going to come back. For the zoo. Never been a better cause. All right, yeah, I'll take the Bengals as well. I love Trey Hendrickson, and Sam Hubbard is good as well. Linebackers Troy Reeder and Ernest Jones for the Bengals. On the other side for the Rams, Logan Wilson and Jermaine Pratt. Uh, Luigi, who do you have the advantage for? There is no advantage. Both of these linebacker rooms are just not not great. They're not anything to stick out. They've both Stinky. done their part this year. Um, but, yeah, no advantage here, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree with Luigi there. All right, no advantage either way. I agree as well. I think the linebacker room is one of the least talked about things in terms of you know important pieces on both teams. They're just guys there that are going to help out. Uh, So they're not going to make huge plays. Mike Hilton for defensive backs for the Bengals. Mike Hilton, Chidobe Awuzie, Eli Apple, Tyreek Hill's father, another former Giant in the Super Bowl. (laughs) Jesse Bates, 
and Von Bell. On the other side for the Rams, Jalen Ramsey, Darius Williams, Taylor Rapp, uh, Nick Scott, and Eric Weddle coming out of retirement. Give me the Bengals in this uh, in this situation, just in terms of their full full secondary. Yeah, I agree with you there. Like full full D backs, like that entire room. That I I got to go with the Bengals. Um, but you got to say, I mean, Jalen Ramsey. As we were saying earlier, Cooper Cup's one of those players that can just you could see take over a game. I could see Jalen Ramsey just dictating how Jamar Chase's entire life's going to be for the rest of that that game. I'm having the same feeling as you. I don't think you can underestimate the importance of a guy who can take away half the field. And although the future hall, first ballot Hall of Famer Eli Apple does reside on the Cincinnati Bengals, <laughs> I'm going to give my confidence to the Los Angeles Rams. He actually had a better PFF grade than uh, Jalen Ramsey has had did, for yeah. like a while. Yeah. Um, first I'm, ballot. Yeah, first no, ballot. Exactly. I'm going to go with the Bengals. Now, I'm saying this because there is a man on the Rams that was on his couch a month and a half ago doing absolutely nothing. He does not have the speed that these Bengals wide receivers possess. Neither do Taylor Rapp or Nick Scott, the other two safeties on that team. I love Jalen Ramsey. He's been electric to watch. He's the Patrick Peterson of these past couple of years, as Patrick Peterson was of those previous couple of years. But I don't think it's enough in that DB room to really stop what's coming from Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd, and T. Higgins. So I'm giving the advantage here to the Bengals. Our advantage to the Bengals. Did you have anything to say? You good? All right. The the Just most gripping the mic. The most important position battle yes. on Sunday yes. is the kicker and the punter battle. Exactly. The kicker for the Bengals is Evan McPherson. The punter is Kevin Huber. The kicker for the Rams is Matt Gay, and the punter is Johnny Hecker. Huge, huge here. Enrique, what are our thoughts? As a former high school special teamer myself, I believe that the kicking battle has to go to the Bengals. Evan McPherson, wow, the, the cojones on that kid. I, <laughs> it's hard to doubt. He's playing his mind out. I love a good kicker. It gets me amped, so they win the kicking. Punting-wise, Johnny Hecker is a legend, legend of the game, mm-hmm. one of the best punters to ever do it. If it comes down to a good punt, i got to give it to Johnny Hecker. He's, he's the man when it comes to punting. The way that man can spin a ball in the air, it's witchcraft. We got some confidence in the Bengals. We got some youth. We got some experience on the Rams side. Doesn't matter. Don't Let's have matter. a clean fight and kick some balls, gentlemen. I don't know what that means. <laughs> All right. Um, sick. I, I don't know if there's an advantage here. Both of these kickers played very, very well all year. Obviously, McPherson's been getting a lot of the hype lately just because of how well he's played in these end-of-the-game situations, but Matt Gay's been clutch all year, too. He's solid. He's done a really good job. I feel like I've heard him score him a lot of points this year. I don't think there's an advantage. I think, though, that this is an interesting spot to look out for for the difference in the game, though, because at the end of the day, one of these guys misses any sort of kick, be it a PAT or a field goal, that will, I guarantee you, on this Sunday, change the effects of this the game's outcome. I've dreamt it. Matt Gay will miss one PAT. Okay. Okay. I've, I've dreamt it. Um, in total, I'm going to give the advantage to the Rams. Uh, just in terms of Loser. experience, Johnny Hecker's been that guy. I think McPherson, it, it, he's had these games where he's made the kick that mattered, and ultimately, if it comes down to it and he needs to go there, this is going to be one of the most important kicks, like the biggest kick of his life. So I don't think it, he, I don't think that he doesn't have. What has to do it, obviously, because he's proved that. 
But, it, you know, it could come down to it. But overall, it's not going to come down to the kicker, hopefully. All Special right. teams, though, as a unit. Oh, as a unit. As a unit, it could come down to that. Like. Yes. Yeah, I agree. So, all right, are we ready to do the picks one final time in the season? The final pick of twenty, the 2021-22 season. How bad does it suck to have gotten dominated throughout the entire <laughs> year? Well, I, I think... Not the entire Cl- year. Oh, yeah, you were I, good in weeks like four and five and then fell off the face of the earth. I like think the Cardinals. I, I, think clo- hey. I think close to uh, ten of my losses were from the Giants. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's just, your fault for looking yeah, yeah, Oh, yeah, yeah, I believed in them a little bit too hard. All right, every so... Giants fan ever. Yeah, true. Yeah, we, we we have hope every time, and we get let down almost every time as it's well. It's what kills you. It's what kills you. The, the, the hope, hope kills, kills you. It's funny, though, because every time you pick them, they won. <laughs> yes, every time I picked them, they won. Every time I didn't or wait, picked against them. Yes, every time I picked against them, they won, and every time I picked them, they lost. <laughs> so, didn't work out. But it's not the Giants. It's the Bengals. It's the Rams. It's Super Bowl Fifty Six. It's the final pick of the season. Would anyone like to start? Well, we're gonna first go through what we always go through: the four seeded Rams hosting the four seeded Bengals. Rams are twelve and five in the regular season. Bengals are 10 and 7. The Rams are four and a half point favorites. It'll be held in Los Angeles, California, in the Rams Stadium in SoFi. Would anyone like to start off? Eric? Yeah, Yeah, let's go, Eric. (laughs) Um, I definitely am going to take the Bengals in this one. I've been riding them all playoffs. I've correctly picked all of their games this playoff so far. Um, So I'm going to stick with them. Why wouldn't I? Um, And. Just real quick, I was vindicated about the uh, college football uh, national championships from mm-hmm. last week. We didn't get to that, but uh, Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Eli Apple, Von Bell, Sam Hubbard, Tyler Shelvin, Jackson Carmen, Damian Square, Jonah Williams, all won national championships in college. And Joe Mixon played in one, played in a semifinal. So I like the experience and I like the Bengals. Enrique. Uh, I'm going to have to... Just ride with the Bengals. I mean, my brother goes Ohio State, so I'm just going to run with Ohio. Why not? Uh, let's do it. Okay. All right. Score prediction. Eric? Ooh. I like McPherson and the game. Uh, give me like 24-21, McPherson and the game. All right. Enrique's score prediction. On the same boat. I want my boy McPherson to win it all. Zach, your pick for Super Bowl 56. My pick and my heart are going to have to split up for this game because I would love nothing more to see Joe wear those shiesty glasses one last time in an interview Cardio talking classic. about how he won. Um, I really just think that this offensive line is going to get overwhelmed. I think Joe Burrow is going to be uncomfortable, and I think the offense of the Rams is going to put up, is going to capitalize and put up their points. And it's going to break my heart, but I think the Rams are going to take this game. All right. Two Bengals, two Rams. You have a score prediction? 35-24. Dang. So you picked the Rams? Rams, Bengals, Bengals. You picked the Bengals. Luigi, who is your Super Bowl 56 pick? I don't want to do that. Um... 
I thought I had a figure. Dun, out, you could go with like the, dun, the halfway dun. answer and you could say Rams, but Bengals cover or something like that. You could. You could be a weenie. You could. No, we don't, we're not talking answer. spreads here. That's not a small. small I gave you a hardcore answer <laughs> I, I, <laughs> against you know my own heart. You know what? Soft. There you go. I have a question for you. Would you call this a must-win game? <laughs> <laughs> I would be so. No, I would have to call it. Is it a must-win game? It's not a regular season game, man. It's not a regular season game. Of course, it's a must-win <laughs> game. That's obvious. It's a here. playoff game. It's must-win. All right, ladies and gents. I know I've been your pick champion all year. I know I'm the greatest at this. It's, it's very hard. Should see that. But don't tail me on this one. I'm going with the Rams. Loser. <laughs> like I said, it, it's my my allegiance to Cooper Cup. I think is going to prevail here. Score. I don't think it's going to be as close as we want it to be, guys. Well, Zeke said 47-14. That's a little too far, (laughs) though, on Zeke's end. I'm picking the Rams. Picking them to win by nine points. 35-26. 35-26. So, Bengals for Eric. Bengals for Enrique. Rams and Rams for Zach and Luigi. I've had a lot of trouble with this game. I really think that the Rams are going to win the trenches. I fully believe that Aaron Donald is a beast and is going to have one of the greatest games of his career on Sunday. However, I do think that the Bengals have done have proven me wrong every step of the way. I picked them in the wild card to win. I picked the Titans to win in the divisional, and I picked the Chiefs to win by a lot in the conference championship. I've made those same mistakes. I feel for Bengals fans. I feel for Bengals fans. 31 years is too long. I think the Bengals win the Super Bowl. I, th- I, I, You know what? I think the Rams probably will win, but I want the Bengals to win. So I'm going to pick the Bengals. And I'm going to go a really close game. I'll go 31-28. I think it'll be around that score. You're going with your boy Cliff, huh? Yeah, I'll go with Cliff. Except you're taking the Bengals. The Bengals. I am taking the Bengals instead. I don't know. I, I honestly, I just hope for a good game. I don't. I don't agreed. care if I lose or win. I want a good game overall. That's yeah, all I, I mean, want. Yeah, on Super agreed. Bowl Sunday, if you don't want a good game, it's probably because you're rooting for one of the two teams. Exactly. So, or it, you suck. It has been Fire Football Radio, our final in-season show of the semester and probably of our college career, unfortunately. But it has been really fun this year. Uh, we will be back after the Super Bowl next Wednesday. You've been listening to WHS Stores 91.7. The Bengals and the Rams face off in Super Bowl 56 on Sunday. Any final comments, Eric? Uh, just looking forward to it. Uh, looking forward to the spread. It's going to be expected at your house on uh, Sunday. Yes, sir. Yes, so, yes. Uh, big party, big food. Yeah. Yes. I just hope it's closer than last year's. That's stunk. Yeah, that so. is true. Enrique, I will change my score prediction: twenty-four twenty for oh. the Matt Gay miss extra point. Oh, okay. yes, sir. The recall on this guy. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. I like but, that. Um, uh, yeah. No, I'm excited. I, I hope it's a really close game. I just want to be entertained. But uh, as Coach O would say, go Bengals. Go Bengals. Zach? Um, yeah, man. I'm looking forward to a really good day. I'm looking forward to uh, eating an unhealthy amount of food. So much. And uh, I hope that I'm wrong. Luigi? Last in-season show, man. It's tough. It is tough. 
Should be the 49ers. No. 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 <laughs> We're going to move no, on. No, 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 no. No, no. I always have a very good outro for everybody. Listen, enjoy your weekend. Enjoy your week. Enjoy your off season of football if you don't listen to us until the next regular season. Although I do suggest listening. We're going to be avidly going at the off season, digging up whatever we can week in and week out. Please come back. We love when we have our viewers. We love when we have our callers. Love to talk to more of you guys soon. Please enjoy this football game. Be safe. Enjoy it with your friends and your family. Have a great time. Eat obnoxious amounts of food, obnoxious things. Do whatever you want. Just be smart and be safe. Please enjoy the final game that matters in the NFL and football for the of next the biggest season ever for the next seven, <laughs> for the next seven months. No games will matter after February thirteenth on Sunday. It's the Bengals. It's the Rams. Both have not won in a very long time. So either way, I think I think a team deserves to win in that scenario. You know. Good advantages all around. Good storylines. Uh, we will see you after the Super Bowl on Wednesday of next week. It'll be the 16th of February to recap the Super Bowl. I believe Liam Ford will be in the studio. Ooh. Enrique Antello, thank you for coming on. Yeah, thank you, Enrique. Thank you for having me once again. I appreciate it. Uh, enjoy the Super Bowl, as we've said probably ten times by now. Enjoy the food. The food's always a good thing. Hopefully the halftime show is good this year. Hopefully the s- commercials are a little bit better. They've yeah, been on the downturn. They've been on the downturn. They've been on the downturn. But overall, I hope for a good game. I hope if you are a Rams or a Bengals fan, your team wins in the uh, at the end of it. But one team's got to win. One team's got to lose. But thank you, everyone. Thank you for the listeners. Thank you for the callers. It's been Fire Football Radio on WHUS Stores ninety one point seven. We'll see you next week. Enjoy the Super Bowl.